Welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast hosted by Lisa Battaglia. By listening to this podcast, you are joining the Elevation Nation, a community of heart-centered, curious, and fearless minds who embrace their duality. As we approach fascinating stories, relationships, books, tech law and policy, and world happenings, the Elevated Podcast encourages you to learn, self-reflect, and honor all that you are. Thank you for tuning in to the Elevated Podcast and taking the time to nourish your roots and elevate your soul. Let's get into it. Hello, Elevation Nation. Hello, my friends. Welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. It's been a while. It's been almost maybe like a month and a half since I've come on the podcast and talked to you guys. This is a podcast exclusive. I'm not going to be uploading anything to YouTube. But if you don't follow me on YouTube, please do. I'm at the Lisa Battaglia. I have been posting on YouTube a little bit, book videos, videos about um, how to start your own podcast. And I put out a guide to help you start your own podcast. I talked about this on Instagram recently. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you should at the Lisa Battaglia. I have completely, not completely, but rebranded a little bit. I have taken the the elevated empath out of my name. I've taken the word empath out of my name and I've just gone with my name because the word empath has not been resonating with me. By the way, hi, we're just catching up here today. I just have some topics I wanted to talk to you about and it's been a long time since I've been on the podcast and I really just wanted to like press record and talk about a few things that have been on my mind. I've been feeling called to just chat with you guys. I know that there are some people I've been talking to some of you in the DMs about some things that have been coming up in my job search, in rebranding, in starting a podcast, all these things. So I just kind of want to catch up and talk. Um, So yeah, I've taken the, the empath out of my name because I didn't feel like it was resonating with me and where I was going. I did feel like the word was starting to get overused for sure. The word just didn't feel like stuff I was really talking about anymore. And I know that you've probably found me when I was talking about sex empathy a long time ago, but it's just not something that I've been talking about. And so I was like, I don't want to limit myself in any way. I don't want to feel limited by that branding. And so I've moved to my name because that is the one thing that's going to stay constant in my life unless I get married and change my name. But that's the one constant. And I wanted to start talking about different things. I actually believe it or not, don't really want to talk about sex anymore. And I'll explain all of that in a little bit. But I realized I was going through all these like identity things. I was like, what do I want to talk about on here? What do I want to share with you? And it wasn't personal stuff anymore. It wasn't sex anymore. I wanted to talk about just stuff that I've been interested in lately. And that has changed. And the whole fundamental idea of my work has been to allow yourself to change, allow yourself to have different interests, and they can just have a huge range, and they all fall under the umbrella of you. And that's really been my goal with this whole thing. It's not about one particular topic. It's about embracing the side of you that's 
wants to talk about sex, the side of you that wants to talk about serious topics, the side of you that wants to be silly or cozy or whatever, you know? So it's just empath wasn't working for me. And now it's my name at the Lisa Battaglia. And I'm still waiting to change my TikTok name. So that will be coming soon. But um, that's the update on that. It's been really interesting. I just have, I think there's a little, it's like all in my head for sure. And no one's really paying that close attention. But for me, it was more about just really not feeling limited by any particular topic. So let's talk about why I want don't want to talk about sex anymore. Um, there are so many reasons why I don't want to talk about it anymore. First of all, it's not something that's really present in my life right now. Like I am not really experiencing it or talking about it or interested in talking about it. I have felt such like a wall up and like a shutdown in my body when I've approached the topic. And it's not because of unhealed something. It could be, but like, that's for me to figure out. And right now, I don't really want to be sharing that on the internet. And I actually was thinking about, you've probably heard me say this a lot. It's never been about the salaciousness of it. It's been about like the double standard within it and the things that just kind of have never made sense to me about why we treat people with a different standard because they've been more open about that. And I still believe all of that. But I've just been thinking about if I were to start to date somebody that I was actually very interested in, I'm not, but if I were, I would not be sharing that personal element of our relationship. And so I was like, why not just start now? (laughs) And just like, why not just protect that area of my life right now. It's felt like I just kind of want that to be private right now. And I don't really want to be talking about it anymore. And so you guys have been along with me on this journey for a long time. You've seen all different iterations of this podcast. And right now that whole topic is taking a break. And it's going to be something that is just going to be personal for me. It's going to shut down. I, I'm, I'm curious maybe if you've like, if you've really been paying attention, if you've listened to every episode, maybe you've been like, you've, you've heard, you've felt like a, I don't know. I have been kind of alluding to this. It's like, I have felt reservations about talking about this for a bit. And every episode I was uploading about it was not feeling right. And I wasn't listening to that. And I just had to start listening to it. I don't know the reasoning yet, but I had to start listening to it and I had to kind of shut down that section. Now, I'm obviously going to still be posting my dancing videos and it might come up again in the future. But for right now, it's taken a pause and that's okay. And I'm curious what you think. If there's been, if you've felt this phase at all, it's just like, I feel like, I don't want to say it's like getting older, but I I feel like I've maybe grown out of it for now. And it's just something that I've been wanting to kind of be more reserved about. My concern, the conservative side of me is like taking over and absorbing this. 
I don't know. So that's the update there. We're going to be talking, but like, I don't want to talk about what I'm not going to talk about anymore. I want to start talking about what I do want to start talking about. If you follow me on YouTube or Instagram, you've been seeing that I've been posting book videos, which is really fun. I'm really enjoying it. Like I really love talking about what I'm reading and just like talking about books. And I just find it a really fun community. I've been reading for the past year, year and a half now, maybe two years. And like more seriously, like full time, like I, before that I would read like one book a year, maybe two books a year. And I would take like months to read it. But in the past couple of years, I've been just like, I've thrown myself in the book community. It's been so fun. And I've just really enjoyed this. And it feels very neutral for me. And it feels exciting. And it feels creatively inspiring. And I know there's so many people who follow me who love to read too. And I just felt like it was a new area that I could tap into and talk about. It's been so fun. And I personally love watching other people experience things that I love for the first time, like uh, albums or books or just like, or movies or TV shows. Like I love when we can kind of experience, that's my favorite thing about the internet is when we get to see somebody else experience something that we love for the first time. And I decided I wanted to be that person for other people too. Like it's just a, a fun thing we can all experience together. And I, I've been finding that because things have kind of been stripped down in my life right now, I'm still looking for a job, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And I'm not really dating anyone. Those things aren't taking up so much of my life right now. So I've really been stripped down to like, what do I fill my day with besides job searching? Because it's been such an ordeal. Like, what do I feel, fill my day with? What brings me joy? And the things that bring me joy are like just consuming um, really fun things. Like I've been watching new TV shows and reading new books and like really diving into certain areas of music that I haven't tapped into and listening to whole albums front to back as they were intended to be listened to and like those things just make life so fun when we get to experience new content and talk about it and art and it's just so fun. So that's kind of what I've been shifting into talking about, you know, online, on YouTube, on Instagram. And if you're down for the ride, come along. It's going to be fun. We're just taking a little shift. I'm still me, obviously, but things are not going to be as spiritual. They're not going to be as sexual. They're just going to be a little bit more lifestyle, art, books, that type of stuff. I want to talk about books, which will then lead into dating. I have been reading a lot more fantasy lately. And I've been like, I've been, if you didn't see, I posted a video reading Akatar for the first time, A Court of Thorns and Roses. And I've been really diving into fantasy books and the whole fantasy realm. And it was really triggered by Fourth Wing. I have been wondering why I've been so into fantasy. And I think the really obvious answer is that life right now, the world right now can be really difficult to face head on and like be into. So it's like so much easier to like get really lost in a fantasy world. 
And if I read like romance or thriller, sometimes it can feel too realistic and that's not like what I'm craving right now. I am craving a completely different world where I can completely let go into a fantasy. And I've been noticing this theme come up in a lot of different areas of life, the way that people interact online. It's like a fantasy world for them. And they don't really have to be themselves. They can be somebody completely different. And people really lean into a fantasy. And it made me think about fantasy in dating. Because I think we have both, I'm going to just purely talk about male-female romances, heterosexual romances, because that's what I experience and I don't really want to talk about other things that I don't really know anything about. So personally, I mean, I think that men and women are getting, having such high standards for each other right now that we are not able to fulfill. And there is causing such a disconnect between what men want and what women can provide and what women want and what men can provide. And I think it's on both sides. And of course, it's not everybody, but this is just like a theme I'm seeing is like, we're having, especially women are holding men to this high standard. And I don't think it's bad to hold anybody to a high standard, but I can see where it's starting to get a little unrealistic and expecting people to be perfect for us. And that's just not realistic. And so we're finding ourselves much more inclined to be alone and not even put up with the other person because it's so much easier for us to be alone. And I think that's why we tend to get so lost in a fantasy or romance novels where there there are men written by women who are so easy to crush on and they're so they say all the right things and they're kind of perfect except for that third act conflict but like that's sometimes not realistic like some men don't know how to say everything perfectly and they don't know how to act perfectly all the time and so i think when s- some of us see that first sign of conflict it's so much easier to say i'm not going to deal with this like i I'm so much better alone. And I think that's very, I totally get it. I'm like that, to be honest. Like I'm not, I'm not talking from a higher than thou place. I'm just like, I've totally experienced this. And so I'm, I do find that like maybe because women are doing that, men are probably doing that as well. They're holding women to this like high standard that they should be this certain thing. And then they maybe aren't fulfilling their that aspect. And so I like to watch both right-leaning and left-leaning like social politic videos. And I'm seeing such a funny like conflict and it ha- and it's a conflict I'm experiencing listening to both sides. Left-leaning politics have been telling us for a long time, you know, you don't need a man, right? You should be good single, do everything yourself. Everything falls on you. You don't need a man, talking to women mostly. And that's feminism. Like, we can do everything a man can do. And I think there was, like, a lot of good intention in that to begin with. 
But like a lot of us have really taken that to heart. And now we're kind of like, everything falls on us. And we carry the burden of everything now. And we, I'm talking to kind of single women who are maybe kind of holding the entire world on their backs. It's a good message in theory, but it's kind of screwing us over because we're not allowing imperfection in our life to find some kind of romance or some happiness with somebody else. And people are just more like being more okay with being alone. And so the conservative side is also can feel very frustrating when I'm, cause I kind of sit somewhere in the middle on this, but like conservative politics have been like, well, you should get married and have a, and have children and provide for your family. And I love that traditional thought pattern too, but it's like, how am I supposed to find someone to marry? Like, I can't just get married to just anybody. <laughs> like I can't, just marry the first person I see. I'm trying here. It's not as easy as you are making it seem to be to find somebody that's worth marrying. So I've been just watching both sides talk about this. And I'm like, I feel like single people are getting screwed over right and left, (laughs) right and left. And I'm curious if anybody else is seen this or felt conflicted about this. I don't know. It just, I've, I've been feeling very conflicted about the way that I think about this because I don't think either viewpoint is really serving the single person out there in their twenties or thirties. And, uh, I also wanted to talk about dating apps for a second because I think more and more is coming out about how screwed up they are. Like the algorithm is just screwed up. I really want Hinge and Bumble to fix this. I want them to be responding to these videos and this like talk about how they're just screwed up. All the hot people are behind a paywall on Hinge. You have to pay to see hot people or to talk to hot people. So if you're a hot person, you're getting screwed over. And it's like that complete, I understand you want to make money, but there needs to be a different way for you to make money. It can't be defeating the entire purpose of your app. I thought your intention was to connect people and hopefully like find love for people. But like, that is not what you're doing. Your intention is to make money. I don't like it. There's another way for you to make money that isn't that. And uh, Bumble seems to be a little bit better, but like also not. The the algorithm is just wrong. And I really hope they figure that out because it's not about making money. It is about making money. It's always about making money, but there is other ways to make money. So I don't want this to be a (laughs) misconstrued for me complaining about the dating world And being a victim to the dating world, I know that there's a lot of great things happening out there, but right now, it feels like it's climbing an uphill battle. And that's all I wanted to say about that. So I understand completely why a lot of people have felt a lot of reprieve reading romance novels or fantasy romance novels because it's just such a relief to see examples of romance 
even if they're fictional, but like, it's such a, such a relief to see, it gives us hope to see that stuff happen, even if it's fictional. It gives me a lot of hope. It makes me so hopeful that I like, will re-download the apps. I actually made a TikTok about this, about like, I get so hopeful that I re-download the apps and then I'm like, ooh, and then I see the reality and I'm like, back to my romance novel. But at least it keeps a little bit of hope going. This was funny, if anyone followed this. The whole remake of Snow White. Ay, 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 my gosh. Okay, so you know how Snow White live action, they were making Snow White, Rachel Zegler. She was in an interview on a carpet saying, well, it's not 1937 anymore. She's not going to be saved by the prince. She is going to focus on her world domination, on her quest for world domination. And everybody was like, what? (laughs) The whole story of Snow White is being saved by the prince. If this movie was so problematic in the first place, why are you remaking it? Why not make a new story? But so many people, I liked that there was backlash about this. And it wasn't about, they. Disney tried to make it about her race. It wasn't about that, okay? It was about the fact that why can't we have a little fantasy? Why can't we fantasize about being saved by a prince or about finding a prince charming or about being swept up off on our feet because we do all want that. That is something that we all want. And it's like, why can't we fantasize about that anymore? I don't think any of us are really fantasizing. Maybe some of us are, but like, I don't know. I'm not fantasizing about world domination all all day long. I think we just, a lot of us, a good majority of us just want to feel comfort and want to find romance. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think it's okay to want that. And so it was just, I found that whole thing so funny because, and I love that people were coming after that because I think that it's okay to fantasize about romance, to not solely be focused on our careers. Like there has to be a balance. And I think they need to regroup (laughs) and we have to focus on what humans fundamentally want and what they want to see from media. It just makes it really hard to support companies that then come after the customers for not wanting what they gave them, even though we didn't want that. So yeah, if you haven't been following the politics of that, I thought it was such a interesting exam a case study on human beings like I think the whole world domination thing was a little too much a little too much I want to talk about another case study that I found very interesting and this one has to do with marketing (laughs) so if you haven't been following this if you have no idea what the fourth wing is Fourth Wing is a book by Rebecca Yaros, and it is number one on most bestseller lists right now. It is a fantasy. It's a romance. It's like there's a woman named Violet who 
is going to basically in this world, you go to one of four schools and you go to a school to become either like a scribe, a healer, uh, a dragon rider and like fight in the war or there's a fourth one. Why can't I think of it? Anyways, so she's always been like, I want to become a scribe. I want to work in the libraries. I want to write all of that. But her mother is a general and she said, no daughter of mine is not going to be a dragon rider. So she makes her become a dragon rider. It's a very dangerous thing. You basically are at risk of death every hour of the day. And she is forced to go to dragon riding school and you have to like mate to become mate with a dragon. And so it has like really fun elements of every popular fantasy that you can think of. It has elements of Divergent and Hunger Games and Harry Potter and How to Train Your Dragon and Game of Thrones. And then there's romance in it. And so it's such a brilliant like example of a fantasy just pulling all of the best things from fantasies before it and putting it into one book and it's just taken the internet by storm everybody loves this book it's so hyped and I was like it's so it has like a 4.6 rating on Goodreads which is insanely high and so when I read it I went in thinking maybe I'm not gonna love this because it's really hyped up but I'm gonna try it and I thought that the hype was worth it I understood it it's one of my favorite books of the year. It's really fun that it's created such a community of people. And so the second one is coming out on November 7th. It's called The Iron Flame. And everybody knows it. Everybody's pre-ordering it. And everybody's very excited for this thing coming out on November 7th. Now what has happened is, if you haven't heard, if you're not in this world, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't know about this, but... Uh, Red Tower, which is the publishing firm that uh, Fourth Wing has come out under, Red Tower has put out an untitled, no picture thing, ISBN number on Amazon. It just says untitled Red Tower 2023 release. It's supposed to come out on November 7th. There's no picture. There's no information. There's just an ISBN number. People took that ISBN number and searched it and found that under Target's website, it said author Rebecca Yaros, the same author as Fourth Wing. So people went crazy because people were like, why is something coming out the same day as the release of the second book of Fourth Wing? What would be coming out on that day? Because obviously it wouldn't be anything else. Why would they put out something on the same day? What is it? Why is it untitled, no picture, just her name? Then Target takes her name down. So now there's no information about it. And people are going crazy with like theories on what it could be. Is it a special edition of Fourth Wing? Is it, it wouldn't be the third book because that would be silly. Like, is it a special edition of Iron Flame? Is it, anyways, it becomes the number one best seller on Amazon books. People are buying it without even knowing what it is. It's like $33. It's pretty expensive for a book. People are buying it without even knowing what it is, which I find so funny. So somebody figured out, like people are sleuthing all over the internet. Somebody found out, I'm so deep on the side of TikTok. Somebody found on Thomasville's like bookshelf website that it says, the same ISBN number, it says like two additional chapters from additional characters point of view from a very uh, best-selling book. 
and um, special edition sprayed edges like and so it gives a little bit more detail. So what people are probably thinking right now is it's a special edition of Fourth Wing that has two additional chapters. It's already sold out on Target. And it's still number one bestseller on Amazon. It's crazy. So I find this such an, a fascinating case study on marketing. They didn't do any marketing. They put out untitled release, no picture, just a price, ISBN number. And like maybe none of this was intentional. Maybe they weren't expecting this at all. And like I would believe that they weren't planning on this very much. But like for people who were going to study marketing, the power that this book has already, it only came out in May and the second one's coming out in November. The power that this book has already taken, it's taken the universe, the universe, the book community by storm. And the power that this author has now to put out an untitled, unmarked release in just like the hints that it was by her, people are buying it. The money that it's already made by not even existing yet. It's fascinating. It's like a Beyonce level Like, I'm just going to put out something out of my ass one day and people are going to lose their minds. It's so interesting. So if you haven't been following that, I thought it was such a fun case study on marketing and and power, the power that she holds. A fun update in the book community. So one final topic I want to talk about is the job search. I don't know if anybody out there is also job searching, passively job searching, actively job searching. It is nearly impossible. Nearly impossible, which is why I've put so much focus on content creating for myself, making YouTube videos, reading. Like it has become so difficult to even like get interview that it's like, I need to almost wait until this all blows over where it's like the economy is just better again, because it is impossible to deal with this right now. So let's talk about this for a little bit, because I know that probably there are some people who are listening to this who are maybe on the job search. I want to tell a little bit about my story just to give you some background. I got laid off in 2020 because of COVID. I don't think my career has really ever fully come back from it. I decided to take that layoff as an opportunity to start my own business, The Elevated Empath, my own podcast, which you're listening to, and I did some freelancing. That actually sustained me for quite some time, and I thought that was really good. I was working for myself. It was a great window into what it would be like to work for myself. I learned I don't love that. I kind of rather go back to a traditional, stable corporate job. And I decided I'm going to kind of start to look. And maybe if you followed me since last year, you remember me talking about it. It was really difficult to find a job then in 2022. And it was like, I wasn't finding anything. And so I thought it was maybe a good idea to get some higher education, take that opportunity to go back to school And I was accepted into the master's program, which is what I did for the last year. And I just feel like I'm in the exact same position as I was a year ago. I feel like I'm hopelessly searching for a job, which is like $60,000 more of student debt. 
But the job hunt definitely feels worse now than it did last year. I think I've probably, I calculated it. My guess is I've probably applied to around a thousand jobs in the last six months. And I've tried everything. Like I've tried networking and reaching out to everyone I know. And I've tried not trying at all. I've tried like taking breaks, you know. And I've tried letting it come to me. And I've tried hustling. I've gone gone to in-person events. I've been cold reaching out to people. I've just been applying with my resume. Or I've been spending hours crafting a bitchin' cover letter. And yet, nothing has clicked. The interviews I do get have often looked like this. The recruiter reaches out. I schedule time. Either they are late they don't show up or they do show up and they're rude and quick. And this isn't all of them. Trust me, I get some really incredible, I've gotten a few one-off excellent recruiters here and there who I have built like good relationships with. Some of them, a large majority of them, I never hear from again, despite my efforts to kindly reach out to them for an update after a couple weeks, they just like ghost. If we do have a great conversation, they were on time and they were really nice. I won't hear from them for for weeks, even if like I followed up. If I do hear from them, they either tell me they went with someone else or they decided, oh, actually, we actually don't know if we need this role. So we're pausing our recruiting process or we're canceling looking for this role. And then I never hear from them again, which I'm like, why did you even start the process if you knew you didn't need this role? There are a few recruiters who are always so kind and helpful whenever I reach out to them. And I am always amazed that they do that. Like it is, I am floored when I hear back from somebody and they are nice, which should be the bare minimum. And it's almost like the norm for people not to respond. And so I don't know, like, here's the thing. I am trying out, I'm in this like mentorship program. I reach out, like I post on LinkedIn about this and people are like, just keep networking. And I'm like, as if that's not all I'm ever doing. And how am I supposed to network in a society where it's like the norm to not respond to people? I get that people have large inboxes or they're overwhelmed or they don't have time to respond to everybody, but it is recruiters' jobs to like treat candidates with respect. I worked in recruiting for two years. It was my job to respond to everybody that we talked to. So it's, and it takes like two minutes to email somebody. And it poorly reflects on that company, I think. And I know for a fact this isn't solely about me because I am hearing this from so many other people who are job searching. I could be underqualified for things, but like I'm a very quick learner. I know how to do so many things across social media and law and public policy and recruiting. Like I know how to do so many things. And I also want to work. I will do just about anything for a bill, a, a, a dollar I'll do just about anything for a dollar. I'm not really above certain things right now. And I have this master's degree, which should count for something, but like it it remains to be seen. So it feels extremely demoralizing and hopeless right now. And it's so easy to tell myself to enjoy this time off before I have to go to work every day. But it's really impossible when it, you're constantly stressed about money, where the next, you know, 
paycheck or income or money is going to come from and about finding work. And I know people right now, a lot of people are just kind of living paycheck to paycheck and they're kind of tight on money. The economy is terrible. And I hate, I never wanted to talk about this because I felt so negatively about it. And I hate talking negatively about things because I just don't feel like it's healthy or I don't want to like feed more energy into it. But I wanted people out there to not feel alone in this process if there were people job searching because it's so demoralizing and it feels like it's about us and every rejection that you get can feel really tough and it's not a reflection on you or your worth or what you bring to the table. You probably are a very hard worker and like it has nothing to do with that. I wanted to talk about like some things that I've been doing during this time to pull me out of any depressive slump because I know now it's typically on Thursday when this hits like, oh, another week goes by where I haven't found a job or haven't gotten an interview. So like I have to know on Thursdays I have to get outside. I have to go do something. I have to go to a coffee shop. I have to change my scenery and get outside in nature, go to a store and just look around just to like get out of this cave and then find something that brings me joy and forcing myself to do it. Because like, it's so much easier to just like sit in your depression. But like dancing or going on a walk or calling a friend or baking or reading your book. Like it just is so much easier to sit in the blah. And like I know what's going to make me feel better, but I don't do it. I love going to the beach just to feel like a little blip on this earth. It's so like it's so healing to go to the beach you have, if you have access to any water. I find that so helpful. You're just a small bean on a big rock, right? I think what has been really helpful for me is starting a creative project. So that's what I've been doing with like doing like a little booktube moment. And it does not have to be for a financial gain. Something I am guilty of is trying to find ways to monetize literally everything I do. And it's it's not healthy to always be doing that. So doing something that brings you joy, that feels creative, and just doing it without any intention of a financial gain. So like creating content or a blog or a podcast. <laughs> if you want to start your own podcast, I have a guide with everything that you need to start. It'll be in the description. Or any art you like to do. It's all easier said than done. And this is the last thing I'll say about this, but allow this time to be what it is. Even if it's not your favorite, this could be not even a job search. Maybe you're feeling down about not, you know, dating sucking or like the what's going on in the world in general. You can just feel bogged down by these things so easily, but easier said than done. Allow this time to be what it is, even if it's not your favorite time of your life. Putting pressure on yourself to like finish this time in your life by a certain time will kind of add more stress and it's simply out of your control. Long-term solution for this. Do you like how our country is right now? No, go vote. I don't know what to tell you. Think about people, like pay attention to people that you think could fix these problems and vote for them. That's all I'll say about that. And somebody who understands economics. Okay, that's all I'll say about that. I feel like we caught up a lot about fun stuff today. 
how about you? What do you think? I think so. Go follow me on my YouTube because I'm going to be posting a lot of book videos and I'm really excited about it. We're going to talk about books and maybe I'll do like, I don't know, like music review, album reviews. I feel like that would be fun. I don't know. Let me know. DM me on Instagram at the Lisa Battaglia. Let me know what you want to see from me next, what you want to like, what content you like to consume in general. I always love to hear from you. So don't be shy and go follow me on there if you don't already. Thank you so much for catching up with me, Elevation Nation. And I love you. And I will see you next time. Oh, I hope you feel so elevated. I'll see you next time. I almost forgot my tagline. That's so embarrassing. Okay, bye.